And now I would invite you to come with me again to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. We read these, these verses often at Ash Wednesday in that worship service. They speak a lot about piety and how we are to come before God. And Jesus speaks specifically about our gifts and our prayers. And um, understand as part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is continuing to let us know our ways of discipleship, how it is that we deepen our relationship with God, and how it is that we are come to come before God. And this is what Jesus says. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the end of the lesson. It is not the end of God's blessings. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, you who are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. A couple of things that um, I need to make sure we understand at the outset. One of them is that um, we know we, we know that we are in the middle of a finance campaign, and so we know that the treasure that is in this sermon is about the, the gifts, the financial gifts that we give back to God. And we also know that that isn't the only way that we give to God, that our treasures are not only the ones that come from our checkbooks, but also from ourselves, our time, the talents that we share, the many ways that we serve God. And so as we talk about giving our treasure back to God, all of us are ready to do so. That is part of our lives in Jesus Christ. And so I will not be bopping us over the head with the fact that we need to be doing this. We know that already. We know the, we know the, the necessity Today, we talk a little bit more about the how. How do we come before God? How are we to give our gifts to God? In what spirit? In what attitude? And um, so the second thing that you need to understand is that this isn't about perfume. I will explain. When I was growing up, my mother um, passed so, a lot of things on to me. And she's, she's not um, someone who 
who goes for all of the latest fashions or spends a lot of time at the makeup table. I've grown up the same way. But she did have some very important and I think definite ideas about how a woman guards herself, how a woman walks around in the, in the world. And one of them in particular, I remember about perfume. She had just a couple bottles on her dresser and she found me one day um, looking at them in great rapt attention. I'm sure dreaming about the day that I would be able to be a big lady and walk around with perfume on me. And she said, when you're older and you're ready to wear this, do not bathe in it. When one is when you're going to wear perfume, there are a couple of ways to do it. You can take it and just dab it a little bit on the inside of your wrists, just rub it together, maybe put a little bit up here, um, underneath there because it's warm, that's another pulse point. And, or you could spray a little bit in the air and then walk through it. She said, a lady, a woman does not bathe in perfume. Instead, she leaves a sweet scent, just an echo, behind on the breeze. And that still I think about, because I think it had a whole lot more to do with life than just how much cologne you put on. And I think that is what Jesus was trying to get at a little bit how it is that we walk through this world. And I think a lot of us know some heavy scent people, shall we say. And there's nothing wrong with being a person who likes being the center of attention, who is big hearted and just big in, in personality, who enjoys just being in the midst of things who, you know, could probably do with a billboard that either goes ahead or behind, just saying, you know, here I am. It's important. I, 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 like, I like the attention. Come and know me. Come and be with me. And these are jolly, wonderful people who just kind of draw you into their orbit, and it's fun. It is fun to be with someone who is just living life broadly and is spreading the, just the perfume of life around with such joy. And there's nothing at all wrong with living that way. And honestly, I think Jesus would say there was really nothing wrong exactly with the people who came into church, or synagogue really, with the trumpets in front of them. Because that was a tradition. When you came to give your alms and understand that was a very particular thing in the time, there were gifts that were given just for the poor. Knowing that there were people who had no resources, it was your religious duty, indeed your joy, your obligation, to bring those gifts and to give them to the synagogue to be spread out wherever there was need. And this, was, this could be a pretty big deal. So it's understandable 
that especially if you were bringing a pretty good gift, pretty big one, you might like it known that you'd come that day, that you wanted to discharge your duty, and that you were doing that with a full heart, a generous heart, wanting just to let folks know, I'm here, I'm giving to God. And so it was a tradition that you would hire someone to just blow a trumpet, you know, make some noise ahead of you as you came in. And the word that has come down to us about that is hypocrite, which we understand to be someone who says one thing and then does something else, who is false. And actually, that's not the word that Jesus used. And perhaps it helps us to maybe back off on our judgment a little bit to understand that the word that Jesus was using, both with gifts and with prayer, that we translate hypocrites, was overzealous people, overscrupulous people, folks who were kind of drenched in their joy and in their, their capacity to want to give and let folks know what they were doing. So they are the actors, the show people. And Jesus says, when you make that show ahead of time, your reward comes immediately. Because I imagine folks just gathered around and said, wow, this is wonderful. What a generous person. What a, a huge heart you have. What a faithful, pious person you must be. And they would drink that in. And the, the sweet scent of praise and gladness would be theirs. And Jesus invites us maybe to take a step away from that and maybe have a little bit more subtle scent. Not less. Understand. Jesus is not saying that we need to be ashamed of what we give or that we are not thanked, that it is not noticed when we give. The important person who needs to know that we have given is God. In a couple different places in the, in the verses, Jesus says that our God sees us, sees what we are doing, and knows our hearts, knows our intentions and attitudes, and is pleased however we come. Note that. If we need a big thank you, we can get a big thank you. If we need to come in more subtly and give, we can do that too. Jesus, like many rabbis, understood that one of the ways to give was quietly, anonymously, where you didn't know quite where the gift was going, and the person who received this gift didn't know who had given it. It was simply to the glory of God, and God's people saw that it was distributed to those who needed it. When I think about the gifts given, when I think about lives lived and the scent that lingers, I think about the names we read 
earlier in the service. The faces that we saw, the prayers that we lifted up, the gladness that we felt to know that these people were in our lives. And it's, in, it's especially joyful to me to think about these particular five, actually six names we read, our dear friends, who really embodied what it is to live lives subtle, with a subtle scent. Because they were not ones who wanted to be in the center of everything. Gerda and Martin, David, Margaret, Wilma, Pat, were the ones you would call when you needed a little extra help, a pick-me-up, a wise person to kind of set you straight. They were the ones who came in quietly and got the work accomplished, but weren't necessarily the ones who wanted their names plastered in front of everybody. And the sweet perfume of their lives continues to linger as we remember how they served family, friends, church, country, and world with love, with obedience, with full, faithful hearts. It says in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15, that we are to God the sweet aroma of Christ among those who are being saved. So even God understood that we wear some perfume as we walk through our lives. But God understands that the sweetness of that perfume is what lingers behind in the stories that we tell, in the ways that as we gather around the table, we tell of those who loved and lived with us, those who gave special gifts of themselves. And it isn't the immediate thanks that we remember. It's the sweet scent across generations of the ones who have taught us to come with humility, with openness, knowing that God who loves us sees and continues to reward year after year after year.